0: All right. All right. Good morning, church. So glad that you're in the house today. What a great day to be in church. I love this season of our church. I love everything about it. I love kids conference. I love paint the town red, serving our community youth conference. We're going to talk a little bit more about that revival nights coming up the fall. It'll be 2024 before you know it, everybody. And, um, but I just, I love this season of, of our church. It really is the expression of who we are as a church. You know, we always wanted to build a church for those who are not yet a part of it. And I uh, always wanted to build a church that if we ever shut our doors, that the community would feel it and know it because of how well we served and how well we loved. And man, you did that through Paint the Town Red and um, just incredible, incredible season. And coming up. This week is youth conference, Um, and I I love this season of our church. I'm still the youth pastor. That's what my heart is. That's where I started in ministry, and um, I'm just saying I'm a youth pastor that got the senior pastor job, and so we care a whole lot about the next generation. We care a whole lot about what God is doing in the lives of our students, and this week, and those of you who don't know what it is, Youth Conference is um, our version of youth camp. Have you ever been a part of that? And over 500 students, and thank God, more than 100 Dream Teamers are Going to be serving these students and they're going to be worshiping Jesus. And we're bringing in the best of the best of communicators to bring God's word to them. And they're going to be challenged to grow in their faith. They're going to be discipled. They're, they're going to worship. They're going to encounter the presence of God. Some of them, their lives are going to be forever changed. They're going to respond to the gospel. Some of them are going to accept a call to full time ministry. They're going to give their life to the mission. And we pray God sends them all over the world um, to share the good news of Jesus. Some of them are going to have other things like affirmed in their life. And they're going to hear the voice of God for the first time. They're going to encounter the spirit of God. It's going to be a powerful time. They're going to laugh a lot. They're going to have fun a lot. And to warning to all the parents, when they get home on Saturday, they're going to sleep until Sunday morning. I'm just going to warn you. We're going to wear them out, playing games, laughing, Making great friendships, and I love this season. And you may be wondering, why do we invest so much in the next generation? Why, why put so much? We put a lot of resources into that. We put a lot of manpower into that. And it's not just so that our youth have something to do. It's this commitment we have to Nehemiah chapter four. I love this verse. If you don't know the story of Nehemiah, the walls of Jerusalem have been torn down. People are invading, they're exposed, uh, there's so much coming after them, and Nehemiah gets a burden. Someone has to have a burden, someone has to have a vision for things to change, and and for people to be reached, and something to be different, and so Nehemiah gets a burden in his heart, and he doesn't just get a burden, but he goes and he acts on it, and in chapter 4, verse 14, he says this, after I look things over, in other words, he kind of Scan the land. And, and, and let's be real honest, if we scan kind of the survey right now, I'm going to tell some things to you that, that may, for a moment, depress you a little bit. But if you look around, there's a lot of gaps in the walls. Right, yeah. there, there's a lot that this generation is facing that culture is throwing at them. There, there's a lot to go, why even try? But Nehemiah, he scanned things. He, he looked it over. He did a survey. And he said, I stood up. And, and we're going to be a church that stands up for the next generation. i just tell you that right now. And he said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people. In other words, he said to the people with influence. He said, don't be afraid. He said, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And can I just say that to you right now, church, that no matter what is happening around us in culture, the Lord is great and the Lord is awesome and the Lord is still moving and the Lord is still on his throne <laughs> And then he says this, fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes and everything that we do for the next generation is through that lens. We're fighting for our sons and our daughters. And I just want to warn you that um, there is an enemy of your soul that's fighting for your sons and your daughters. And we've just determined that we're going to be a church that fights for our sons and our daughters because the need is great. I want you to hear that. The need is really great. I was talking with some of our team yesterday, some of our youth team, and I said, I so want parents and, and, and adults in our church to understand this. This is not the world you grew up in. Right. Right. This is not the world that 20-somethings grew up in. Wow. This is a different culture than three years ago. This is a different culture than five years ago. The devils are different. The devil, listen to me, the devils are different. You're, you're like, Pastor, you're coming in strong. Can you be more positive? I'm positive the devils are different that this generation is facing. Just listen to this. 39% of U.S. teens have no religious affiliation at all. None. Uh, that's, that's what um, researchers call them is the nuns. They check none. They have no religious affiliation. 3% of U.S. teens read the Bible every day. Three percent. Listen to this. Forty-six percent of U.S. Christian teens say that they never read the Bible. These are kids that are in the house of God every weekend. They say, yes, I've accepted Jesus. Forty percent, six percent are not reading their Bible. Two out of three teens are battling depression. And one in three wrestle with suicidal thoughts. Well, it's no wonder when the constant inflow is not the life-giving word of God, But it's everything that the world is wanting to throw at them. No wonder they're depressed. No wonder there's the culture of comparison. No wonder you have thoughts of, is it better for me not to even be around? More than 60% of teens say that anxiety keeps them from being the person they want to be. Gen Z is socially supposed to be the most connected, but they are actually the most isolated generation that has ever existed on the planet. There's great need, everybody, and, and when you hear those stats and you see everything going on around you, you could think, man, why even try? Why even fight it? How many of you know that sometimes when the, when the task seems overwhelming, sometimes the response is to be paralyzed, and sometimes the response is just to go, ah, we can't do anything. We can't fix the whole thing, so why do anything? And I just want to say, we may not be able to do everything, but we can do something that we may not be able to reach every teen on the planet, but we can reach the ones that are in our communities and in our cities and in our state and in our sphere of influence and, and in our home and in our high schools and middle schools. We can do something. We can determine we're going to fight for our sons and we're going to fight for our daughters. If you're with me, say amen. amen. And, and here's how we're going to do it. This is the good news that the Bible gives us. Psalms 92, verse 12 through 15. This is actually the foundational kind of vision verse for our youth ministry. is this, it'll be on the screen. It says, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and they grow like a cedar in Lebanon. You're like, why did you get so agricultural, Pastor? Just hang with me. So they are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. My goal isn't that your child has a great high school experience. It's they, they have a great life. It's not that they have a good eighth grade youth conference. No, it's that they have great marriages and they raise great children that love the house of God and love Jesus and and live to glorify God. It's that they bear fruit in old age, that they are ever full of sap and green to declare the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Let, Let me unpack this for a little bit. He says, we when you are planted in the house of the Lord. Now, maybe, and maybe you're thinking oh it's just another like get to church thing no this is the bible's way this is god's way when you're planted in the house of the lord now listen to me i'm all for great academics i push my children as much as anybody else. I'm all for being involved in extracurricular activities. I feel like I'm their Uber driver and Tammy's their Uber. Come on somebody. Anybody other parents feel like that's what I've turned into is the Uber driver of my children. I am for all that but none of that has the promise that they will bear fruit in old age. What brings the promise of God in their life is if they're planted in the house of the Lord. And he says this, When you are planted in the house of the Lord, you will be like a palm tree. Now, why is that important? Because palm trees are designed to weather storms. And here's the deal. The storms of life are coming. And you know this. You know this. You know the storms of life are coming. And the storms are swirling all around this generation. And the Bible says the way that they can weather the storm The way they can be like a palm tree that that it may bend and the weather may blow. You know, when the weatherman's out in the tornado or the hurricane and they're in Florida and they got the rain jacket on, they're holding on to the pole. We're out here. And it's like, why are you out there? Couldn't you do the same report from inside? Anyways, the palm trees are bending, but they're not snapping because they are designed for storms. Psalms 92 says, you want to weather the storms? you want to stand firm, then you get planted in the house of the Lord. And it says, when you do, you'll bear fruit in old age. And when you do, you'll be ever full of sap and green. What does that mean? You'll just ever be full of life. There'll be life. There'll be evidence of life in you. And and why? So you can declare the Lord is upright. What does that word declare? Just means you're going to talk about it. In other words, you're going to have testimonies of how God brought you through storms. You're going to have a story to tell. You're going to have a testimony. You're gonna have a, something you can recount about the goodness of God. That's what we want for every student in this next generation, that they would go, no, I had some storms and life wasn't perfect, but I was planted in the house of God. And I may have bend a little, but I did not snap and I did not break. And now I have some stories to tell of how God brought me through that season of loneliness, how God planted me in the house, how God put me, I was lonely, but God put me in a family, a spiritual family and a biological family. Why? Because I was planted, in the house of the Lord and I was able to declare my God is upright he's my rock when everything around them is shaking right now they need something firm says he's my rock and what there's no unrighteousness in him man that's my prayer oh that's my prayer for my house that's my prayer for this house that's my prayer for your home and for your student and and it's my prayer for for your kindergartner it's going to be raised in the house of God. They'll be planted in the house of God all the days of their life. Why? Because they'll be steady. They'll have a foundation and it doesn't mean the storms won't come. It just means when they do, they won't snap. And and I just tell you, our team, and we've designed everything we do, everything we do for our youth to help do that thing. To fight for our sons and our daughters. And how do we fight? We create ways for them to be planted in the house of the Lord so they'll know God and they'll find freedom, they'll discover purpose, and they'll make a difference. And I just want to tell you this. It's working. (laughs) I don't mean that arrogantly. I'm just saying it's working. God is moving. And I wanted you to hear that firsthand. And so I want to bring out some of our amazing youth team that gives their lives to making sure your children are planted in the house of God. It's what they go to sleep thinking about, it's what they wake up, it's what they fast about, it's what they're praying about, it's what they strategize about, it's how to help students be planted in the house of the Lord and so once you put your hands together and welcome them as they make their way out to join me for a conversation together welcome welcome real quick just go down the line introduce yourself what yeah. campus you're at yeah uh,
1: my name is Aaron and I have the honor of being our youth director at a Fredericksburg campus
2: My name is Lexi. I get to be the next-gen director at the Stafford campus. Let's go,
0: Stafford. My name is Dakar. I get to be the youth director at our Spotsy campus. Awesome. So this is an incredible team, represents some of the team, um, and also represents the hundreds of Dream Teamers that give their energy. If you ever came to a youth night, um, it's not just... Um, 20-somethings ministry, I love walking in and there's like retired people serving. There's, you know, could be doing a whole lot of other things. People that are like, I've already raised kids. They're already out of my house. And they could be like done. Yeah. But they're giving their time, leading small groups, pouring in, greeting at the door, just investing so much in the next generation. So we honor you and thank God for you. Um, I want to ask you a few questions. And um, I just want the church to hear some of the stories and what God's doing and what you're seeing and, um, and how, how we're serving and what we're excited about for the future. So let's just start with this. What are, what are we just talked about storms, yes. that, that when you're planted in the house of God, the palm tree's designed to weather storms. From your perspective, because you're, you're in the life and, and, uh, and this may surprise some of the parents, uh, they, your children will tell their small group leader things you, you'll never hear. That's, that's why you need a, a community of godly people around them, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking into them, because yeah. you want to make sure that the advice they're getting is the same thing you would give <laughs> Absolutely. them. Absolutely. So as you have these conversations, you lead small groups, you're in their life, you're talking with leaders, you're navigating how to disciple and coach and help. Yeah. What are some of the storms that you're seeing that students are facing in this generation?
2: Yeah, so through our youth groups and just personal conversations that I have got to have, um, the majority of the things that the students are dealing with often have a common root, and it's the identity piece, not knowing who they are in Christ. And what this bleeds into is a bunch of other things like not um, hanging out with the people that benefit them, but also doing things that they don't ultimately want to do, but they feel like they have to do. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's good. And then piggyback off of that, um, speaking of the, uh, the decisions they make day-to-day, I think one of the most common conversations I have with students revolves around their friendships and their relationships. And um, most of the decisions they make on a day-to-day basis aren't just decisions they come up with on their own, but it's based off of the relationships around them. Like, for example, if they want to impress somebody or if they want to gain influence, they're making decisions that will get them to a place that maybe God didn't ask for them to be or put them in a place to be in. Um, and sometimes they don't think about the consequences of those things that, oh, a friend invited me to a party and there's alcohol and there's drugs around. Should I go? Should I not? Well, if I want to be close to them, maybe I should go instead of making the decision not to not thinking about the consequences in the moment. And even later on too. Yeah. I I don't think um,
1: this is necessarily a root. I I do think what I'm about to share is a fruit of potentially the identity piece or honestly a plethora of things. But um, as sad as it is, Almost every single small group I have, uh, I probably get one or two texts a week of students that are struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts and ideations. Um, Parents are reaching out to me, friends are reaching out about their friends, the students themselves are reaching out and saying, hey, like, I'm really struggling with this, I I don't know how to talk to so-and-so, but these are the thoughts I'm having, and um, I think previously we might have thought that uh, it was just a certain type of student that struggled with these. I'm seeing it across all of our demographics, black students, white students, Asians, Hispanics, those of affluent. Uh, background and those of a lower economic status. It does not matter. This is uh, really bothering and attacking all of our students across all of our campuses. So uh, I'd say that's a major storm. I don't know if it's a, a root, but I definitely think it's a fruit.
0: Wow. You know, I, I love what Lexi said. Um, that these conversations come up in youth group. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's the for those of you who don't know this the weekly environment. Um, what we were finding is the, the big thing is great. Yeah. This generation loves the intimate things. Yes. Yeah. And so um, a year or more ago, we switched our model because yep. we're, not, we're not married to how we do it. Yeah. What we're married to is planted in the house of the Lord. That's, yeah. what we're, that's what we're married to. And so we changed our model around just so you parents know to almost create the old school, like youth group yes. vibe, yeah. like, yeah. you know, what I grew up in, yeah. um, in the basement of the church, yeah. like someone with a guitar. That's, all, yeah. um, That's but not even that good at playing. It's like, not even yeah. that good <laughs> yeah. and doesn't sound that great, yeah. but there's something to the authenticity about it. Yeah. And then from that, we break into small groups and it's in these small group settings with trusted adults, obviously yes. that that, you know, we background check and all the things where, this kind of openness begins to happen and those are the people that are praying for them and this is just another way you know this isn't anything like condemnation but it's like we can't help them be planted if they're not part of these it's just one one of the many environments youth conference is great youth night is great this is even better absolutely You know, I remember whenever I, my undergrad, all my classes were in youth ministry and a youth professor sat down across from me and he said, um, he said, relationships are the most important thing in discipling people, growing people and all those kind of things. And I was like, no, it's my preaching that's (laughs) the most, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, no, it's my message. That's going to change the world. And he goes, what are the last three messages you listened to? Can you tell me the outline? And I could not remember it. He said, name three people that have impacted your life, and I could just rattle them off. Yeah. Wow. And that's why it's so important that we're surrounding Absolutely, them yeah. with these incredible godly relationships. That's so good. Um, talk to me about what does it look like for someone to be planted? What. What's maybe even the fruit we've seen of, of students that are really planted in the house of the Lord? That's great.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually wanna share a story of one of our students. Um, she's been one of our students since she was in middle school. Her and her family moved here from North Carolina uh, to be here. Um, and she's been attending youth nights and youth groups ever since she was in eighth grade, um, going into high school and through high school. And uh, uh, part of her story, um, as many people know, moving to a new place brings challenges and trouble and things like that. Um, but her story starts out with um, being overwhelmed with anxiety. Um, she says this. Uh, she said, I'd struggled with anxiety for my entire life, but with everything happening around me, I hit a point where life just felt overwhelming. I remember there was a time where I would have frequent panic attacks, sometimes multiple in a day, and I hit my lowest point on my bedroom floor. And I remember sobbing to God. I wasn't sure um was real anymore, begging Him to do something because my life didn't feel worth living. And that's when I had my first real encounter with God. I felt a peace wash over me and I was wrapped in the arms of my father. For that reason, I decided to keep going. And she goes on to say about how um, joining SLI helped her with that. Um, If you don't know what SLI is, SLI is a summer leadership intensive we do for our students that are in high school every single summer. And so she joined that and she continues to go on to say that this is where she learned how to read the Bible and pray on her own and and really connect and find godly relationships that are so important in every single day of her life. Um, She goes on to say this, I realized that God wasn't the distant man on a cloud type of person that I once thought I knew. He was a personal, loving father and a friend when you feel alone. There are no words to describe how much he loves us. So in that moment, she also says she rededicated her life to Jesus, which is such a powerful testimony of what it looks like to be planted in the house of the Lord. And because she was planted and because she was a part of one of the many things that, that we do, consistently showing up time and time again. And here's the thing I'd say, even when she wasn't sure about what she was hearing, she kept coming because she wanted to know more about this God that she had heard so
0: much about. Yeah, that's, that's so good. Yeah. I love that story. You know, um, you mentioned SLI. It's just in the another another way, you know, it's just another thing and uh, where we're really trying to build leadership into yeah. Yeah. to young people and my my two go yep. and I love it because I know they're, they're, it's getting reinforced. I'm at home going, you need to have a quiet time. You need to yeah. be praying. You need to be reading the Bible. And then at SLI, they're... Same thing. They're they're doing it. It's like, hey, go find a corner, open the word of God, ask God to speak to you. What is he? You know, just learning to work that muscle. Because here's what I know is that for every parent that wants to pass their faith to the next generation, there has to come a point and it is typically in this time frame, maybe even into the first year of college, where that flips. Hmm. He's not a man that's in the sky. And he's not the God of my parents. Yeah. Yeah. He's mine. That's great. That's and that transition has to happen. Absolutely. And it, and it doesn't happen through one thing. Uh-huh. It's multiple things. Yeah. It's, it's, all right, my, I see it in my parents. I saw it in my small yeah. group leader. Yeah. I, I had in a moment myself. I, it was Saturday night, at, Friday night at youth conference at the altar call. Yes. It was, it's all these multiple input, inputs exactly. that begin to form and formulate, no, this is my faith. Yeah. And, uh, and so we don't do things to fill people's calendar. No. Yeah. It's, it's all those inputs to go, this is part of being planted in the house of God. Yeah. I love that. Lexi, you're, you're a product of being planted in the house of God. I love this. Share, share your story a little bit.
2: So I joined the youth ministry when I was 17 years old. And this season of my life, I was extremely confused, extremely broken, just went through a breakup. My parents divorced. And um, I had, I joined youth group and they, Believed in me. I had dream teamers that believed in me, that saw potential in me. And not only that, but they literally would sit down with me and open up the Bible and teach me how to read, teach me how to pray. They wouldn't do, they would send me off into a room to do my quiet time, and then I would come back and they would be like, What did you learn? Tell, tell me about it. And they believed in me. And not only that, I went to youth nights, I went to youth conference, I went to an SLI, and um, my life was transformed through that and led me to go to the college and into Internship and now get to join staff, which I'm so excited about because I believe that I get to be an example for young people and what it means to fo- follow God um, with your whole heart.
0: That's great. It's incredible. Yeah. Super proud. Thank you. Also, Life Point College graduate, Dakari. Yep. Just a little plug there. Shout just a <laughs> little plug of what it means to. And, and some of you are like, well, I'm not going into full time ministry. Yeah. But everyone is a minister no matter where they go. Yeah. And, uh, and everyone is going to face storms and we want everyone bearing fruit in old age yeah. um, and it comes through being planted in the house yeah. of the Lord and, and that's just so critically important. Um, what excites you? Yeah, Like yeah. you hear all these stats, it's like, this generation, blah, 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 like I have high hopes. Yes, you know yes. what I mean? Like I think everybody dogs like yeah. this and that and they don't do this and they're on their phones all the time and they don't know how to have conversation, but it could be that very thing that brings revival. Yeah. Maybe it's going to come in a way we never saw it, yeah. you know, and they're going to bring it in a way we never thought of. Yeah. And so what excites you about the future? Yeah. I-, I love this question. Uh, right. Jesus said that
1: he's going to build his church. Every generation, every ethnicity, every culture. Um, so what I'm excited about is that he's going to do the same in this generation. And what I love about this generation is that when they're bought in, they're bought in. Like there, There's no like uh, half in, half out. When they're in, they're all the way in. Uh, I have a student who uh, attends our youth groups. And uh, before he attended our youth groups, he, he would admit and, uh, that he believed, Not only believed, but accepted, and not only accepted, but lived according to culture's narrative on gender and sexuality. And he had lived this for many, many years. But after coming to youth group, hanging out with our our team, reading the Bible, falling in love with Jesus, he said one day he went to school to one of his youth group leaders who was also a teacher. He put the Bible on her desk and said, does this mean what it actually says it means? And uh, obviously she was scared at first, like, oh my gosh, like, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) Uh, Pastored him through that conversation. And uh, he so fell in love with Jesus, he did what you often say. We don't uh, bend the word to fit our life. We bend our life to fit the word. That's great. And he has surrendered every thought, every desire, every lifestyle to live according to the teachings of Jesus. He's bought in and he's gone all the way in.
3: So I'm excited for that. That's great. Um, one of the things I'm excited about um, is just our students fulfilling the great commission? Um, Jesus says in Matthew twenty eight, as he's before he ascends into heaven, to his disciples, go into all the all the earth, making disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And really, what this call is to share the gospel, to go share the good news of the kingdom of heaven with everyone they meet, no matter their color of their skin, no matter the race, the ethnicity, whatever the case may be, share it with them because we all need the gospel. Um, and one of the ways that we do this every single month in training our students um, to do this is through Youth Night. And Youth Night is our monthly service, if you don't know, um, that we have every second Wednesday of the month um, for your students to invite friends that maybe are having questions about who God is or maybe just want to... Understand more about um, this Jesus that everyone talks about all the time. This is the perfect environment for them to be able to do that and to ask questions and to understand that. This is our no God piece uh, when it comes to uh, the things that we do. And uh, there's a group of students in particular that uh, every single month at Youth Night, they come up to me. They're going, Hey, I got five friends coming tonight and we're so excited. I'm like, All right, cool. Can't wait to see them. And then like 15 show up. I'm like, wait, I thought you said five. It's like, well, they invited people too. So they're all here now. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, and then the most beautiful part about it though, is watching them um, during the altar call, look at the, look down the row to see, and then watch the hands that go up and they're losing their mind. They're like, oh my gosh, they're all, they all gave their life to Jesus. It's so exciting. And just seeing that passion and excitement they have for that. Um, but here's the really cool thing is this, is that um, for them, evangelism, sharing the gospel doesn't just stop with a youth night. Um, it's in their everyday life. Um, and a story of this is that uh, one of those students in particular, uh, myself and a few other leaders and some other students a few weeks ago went downtown to share the gospel with some people and pray with people. Um, and he was really nervous at first. He was like, I don't know anybody. What are they going to say? What if they say no? And I was like, well, if they say no, then you still pray for them um, on your way when you're, when you're going back home. And it will be, just keep praying for them. Um, and he me- meets this woman who's actually on a phone call. Um, and he said the Lord told him, him to go and ask for, to ask if he could pray for her. And of course he asked and she goes, no, nah, I'm okay. But thanks though. And he was like, okay, well I'm gonna pray for her anyway. And so uh, a few weeks ago he had texted me. He said, Hey, could you help me in praying daily for this woman that um, we met? I know that she said she didn't want prayer, but I really think God's working in her life. And so it's such a powerful testimony of um, just the, the great commission working out in their lives every single day. Their students are taking the word and not just reading it, but living it out. That's so yeah. that's
0: what excites me. That's great. That's amazing. I love it. I love that uh, I, I, sometimes I come and sneak in the back of youth nights because um, I don't want to encroach on my kids' space. <laughs> um, they actually asked me if I could not come, one of them in particular. Can you not come to youth conference? I was like, that's kind of our space. I was like, I kind of want to be there. Yeah. But, it's, but I, love, I love that moment in the invitation, seeing the hands raised, mm-hmm. seeing students. Shout out to all the parents who pack your minivan, and like, can you pick up my friend? And can I just say to you, I know sometimes you're just like, I don't want another draw. I don't want to go over here to that neighborhood, to that neighborhood, to that. But you don't know, there may become a day where they're on this stage going, my friend's mom came and picked me up in their minivan and brought me to church, and it changed my life. And. So, man, just shout out to every parent that you drive all over town picking people up to get them to youth night. You're making a massive difference. And uh, speaking of parents, just what would be one kind of closing, encouraging thought you would say? Hey, I just want to encourage you with this. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, If I could say anything, it's this. Don't give up on them. It's so easy in today's world to look at um, something and go, oh, well, it's not working the way I thought it would. I guess I'll just throw it out. I guess I'll do something else or I guess I'll try a different avenue. But don't give up on your kids. They need you now more than ever before. And every action, every word, everything that you say in regards to them, they're going to remember for the rest of their life. So don't give up on them. There may be a parent out there who is struggling right now because you see your kid come to church on Sunday and they really don't act like they want to be there and then the rest of the week they're wild and out or doing something else. Don't give up on them. God is working on them right now. He's moving in their heart. Even when you don't see it, you don't hear it, even when you feel like they're not getting it, he is working on them. If they're still breathing, God is still working in their life. So don't give up on them. Keep praying, keep fasting, and keep loving on them the way Jesus would. Great.
1: Uh, This would be my encouragement. Um, Get as engaged in their discipleship process as possible. Um, I know there's no parents in this room, but there are some parents we hear from our students that sort of just the, the extent of their involvement is dropping them off at events. And what's interesting to me is if you look at every miracle involving a child in the life of Jesus, there was two common denominators, Jesus and the parents, The parents were always involved in the miraculous healing of a child. And I would encourage you, please do not underestimate your authority, your power, the difference you can make in your child's life. So, uh, yes, take them to everything, but also make sure that you're praying with them. You're reading them the Bible. You're asking them questions. You're serving. You're you're setting the precedent. You are making a difference. So that would be my encouragement.
2: And I would just say, just to tag along with your involvement, get them involved in everything. Bring them to everything. Even if they don't want to go, y'all, my family would drag me by the ear to go to youth group, to go to youth nights, to go to conference, to go to SLI, to bring them in environments where they're surrounded by people that love Jesus and want to pursue Jesus. Um, And speaking of, youth conference this week, it's not too late. Sign them up. Get them in the room. You don't know what God can do um, and with just... You're you're, yes. Yeah. heard
0: somebody say I had a drug problem as a kid. I was drugged to church Sunday morning, (laughs) Sunday night, Wednesday night. That was my story. Like, even when I want to be there, something in the atmosphere. God was planting seeds. You're so right, Dakari. God was putting seeds. I didn't even know it. God's putting seeds, planting seeds, planting seeds. And they will bear fruit. Absolutely. They will. Um, Maybe not on our timeline, but they will bear fruit. I just want to say thank you to you and our entire team. You guys are the best of the best the way you love students. Um, I get to see behind the scenes, the prayers you pray, the tears you cry over them, the moments you fast, um, because you really have a burden for this generation, and we're a blessed church to have you serving our youth. So come on, can you put your hands together? Thank God for this team. Well, I always want to give you what's next. And, um, what do you do with this? Some of you maybe you're in the throes of parenting and um and you're living that life right now and I just want to say to you that prayer is your is your powerful weapon and mean it may feel like sometimes it's not doing much i 'm maybe just throwing words up in the air, but it's it's powerful it's it's effective it's uh, God is listening god 's hearing the Bible says his ear is not deaf that he can't hear, nor his hand too short that he can't reach into your situation and So maybe your next step is prayer. Maybe your next step is to get your student to youth conference and uh, to have them sign up and be a part and and they may sit there and pout, but who knows? It may be, it may be Friday night, maybe Saturday morning that the spirit of God breaks through in their heart and something miraculous happens and, and Saturday, a a different child comes home. You never know what, what could happen. Maybe it's to get them to youth conference. Maybe, maybe you're out of the parenting scene as far as them in your house. I mean, you know, that never ends. But maybe they're not in your house anymore, and maybe it's you're like, well, this is my season to coast. No, maybe it's your season to invest. Man, you come so much wisdom. God's given you so much experience. You, you've had the mountaintops, and you've had the valleys, and maybe it's your time to not only invest in a student, but invest in another parent, Then to go, you can make it. You can do this. Every one of us has a next step. Maybe for some of you, your next step is to get on the dream team of our youth ministry and lead a small group and, and do like... My kids, small group leaders, text them and I'm praying for you. And here's a verse and God is working and and maybe that's your next step to do. Whatever it is, we all can take a step and we can fight for our sons and our daughters. We all can be a part of helping this next generation be planted in the house of the Lord. We can flip the script. We're going to change the story by the power of God and we'll see them bear fruit in old age and declare that God is a rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. Let's pray together. Father, we, we just thank you for the privilege. We, we have great hope, we have great faith, we have great belief for what you're doing in this next generation. God, we, we don't believe the headlines, we believe the word of God. God, we don't believe all the naysayers and the negativity and the speaking down. No, we speak faith and life, we say come alive, we say callings come alive. We say, Spirit of God, fill every student in this next generation. God, we pray over this conference coming up and we say, Lives be changed, dead things come to life, dreams come to life, calling come to life. We pray, courage and boldness fill. May we send missionaries back into every middle school, every high school, boldly declaring the goodness of God, that our God is our rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. God, may we raise up over 500 students, planted in the house of God. That when the storms come, the winds come, but the palm tree will not break. It may bend, but it'll be firmly rooted and planted in the house of God. And may they bear fruit in old age. God, may what we invest now bear fruit and dividends for decades and decades to come. God, we thank you for the high privilege of sharing the good news and of investing in this generation. And we speak life over them in the name of of Jesus. Amen and amen.
3: Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.